Crucifying my flesh, that's less me. SAT from preaching, can't test me. Atheists are now believing, that bless me. Yeah, we got the basement replacing any of those worldly pursuits that y'all chasing, any of those trials and tests that y'all facing, any of the relationships that y'all changing. We rearranging, making the shame shift, giving Satan back what's his, that's the blame shift. Rise up and walk commands, that's the lame shift. Cheat codes for living this life, that's the game shift. All on Yeshua, man, the rest is manure, man. I'm dying daily, so I rise up a pure man. Press and be daily, so my sins looking fewer, man. Washing the blood, so my sins down the sewer, man. Yeah, so press be with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh, yeah, so press be with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I am so grateful that y'all are here. And welcome to the B-side, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so grateful that you all have uh, downloaded this app, that you support this content, and it has just been a blessing to have the start that we've had uh, with this app. And so uh, I appreciate you all that have pressed B not just for the basement, but for the B-side as well. Thank you so much for your support. I still uh, thank all of you all that support us on Cash App and uh, through uh, PayPal. You guys are generous, and you just allow us to do things for the kingdom that we would not uh, be able to do without you. So thank you so much. I'm so excited for my guest. Woo! Oh, my gosh. I'm so hyped. All right, so, 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 all right, let me tell you. I I I indeed feel like uh, me and this young man are on the same thinking wavelength, for sure. A brother from another mm -hmm. mother, and let me tell you why I know it's a brother from another mother. Um, I know for sure that it's my brother from another mother because, um, when I asked him how would he like to be introduced, he literally almost verbatim gave the answer that I give everybody, which is like, yeah, I just say where I'm from in my name and that's <laughs> fine. But he gave this, he gave an interesting reason as to why. And so um, I'm going to introduce him to you the way that he would like to be introduced from Austin, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to some and introduce to others. Artist, church planner. Torin Wells is in the building, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's yeah. go! That's yes! A, that's a high note. Hey, I got range. <laughs> you do. I got range. You do. I can't do nothing with it in the range. Like yeah. my well, my falsetto is actually stronger than my natural voice. Okay. I have I have much more control over my 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 falsetto than I do my natural voice, but yeah, it, it can go up there. Yeah, it sounded great. And come back down. You need to put it on a record. I know you're putting out music videos. I <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that intro? Rapping rapping, Let's yes. Let's go. <laughs> Bars. 
Hey, bro. I'm so fire. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. No, it means a lot that you would come, bro. It really does. It means more that you would have me. Oh, thank I'm you. grateful, for real. Thank you, bro. I love what you're doing. I, we were talking about this off camera, but you just have the unique anointing to pull what is authentic about people mm. to the surface. Mm. And being able to see it in your life and then repeat it, it's been inspiring. And a lot of the content has helped me. So just, thank you, man. just grateful for you. Awesome. Thank you yeah, so man. much. I appreciate that. All right. So um, I just want to start with the reason why when I asked, you know, how would you like to be introduced? You said something to me that just was very intriguing to me. Would you just repeat what you said? <laughs> well, I think I said something like it just creates a barrier. Yeah. Just to set up all the all the things mm -hmm. and not even talking about accolades and all of that, but it creates a barrier for me mm. because if we start talking about all of the things that God has just supernaturally blessed me to be able to do or be a part of, I'll enter the space trying to live up to whatever all that means and it was really important for me to sit down with you and not be all that. Yeah. But to just just be me. And, yeah. And I think it'll help a lot more people. I think that whenever I find out what someone does, it kind of shifts how I mm. approach them and how I talk to them and how I hear what they're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, man. Went through a lot of counseling. Yep. To get through all of that, to get to the main thing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Which is just child of God. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just, going out on stage, anything like that, I'm like, you can just say my name. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> if they don't know me, they about to. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, dude, I love that thought. I've never, I've never considered it with that much thoughtfulness. Because I don't like when people read my bio either. Mm -hmm. But I never, um, my takeaway from what you're saying is um, I, I don't want to have to compete with myself yeah. in this moment. Right. Exactly. And if you read all of this, mm -hmm. I somehow, either consciously or subconsciously, might feel obligated to try to live up to that. Right. For the sake of everyone that just heard this. Exactly. That's and, interesting. And if what I am contributing to the conversation is valuable, it will have value in its own merit, not on who said it. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, man. That's dope. I love it. All right, so um, being that this is your first time here. Yes, sir. I, I, I would love for you to just share with me and us the Torin before the Torin <laughs> that people know. Uh, little Renwells. <laughs> little Renwells. Little Ren. Ren. <laughs> okay, let's go, little Ren. Uh, my my grandmother called me Tori. My dad called me Ren mm. until I was. And my mom called me Ren too. She she mostly called me Torin, but I. Uh, had this like definitive moment as a 14 year old that I wanted to be called Torin. Mm. But up until that point, everybody uh, in my life, school, church, all that just ran. Wow. And uh, 
grew up, my parents separated when I was three or four years old, mm-hmm. and we moved in and out of living together, and me and my mom moving out, moving in with my dad, moving out. And uh, just an interesting kind of upbringing in that way. We went to church at times randomly without any real connection mm-hmm. between it. Uh, but one Saturday, my dad came home and said, we're going to church tomorrow. Mm. And I was like, we're going to church? Yeah. Like us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know much, but I knew we didn't go to church. Right, right, right exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we had evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... He was walking out his own spiritual journey and trying to figure some stuff out. And he lost uh, would have been my older half-brother when he was a baby uh, with his first wife. Uh, His son died in a car accident. His dad died of a heart attack. His older sister died of cancer all in two or three years. Wow. And it just sent his whole life spiraling. And so my mom was dealing with the residue of all of that and not being able to really deal with it. And when he finally got serious about his faith, he was dating who is now my stepmom. We don't use that language. She's my mom. But Mm -hmm. uh, we went to church that Sunday morning. And it was about 50 people in a little Pentecostal church, green carpet, green pews, wood panel walls, wow. old head preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All white church. We were the only people of color there. Wow. And uh, never bothered my dad, didn't bother me. And we just assimilated into this community. Wow. And a Pentecostal community. And just got to watch my my dad change wow like well maybe we'll get into more of this later but just the radical changes that took place in his life it it, it was supernatural and then i found my place in it all as well yeah went to church camp that year was filled with the spirit got my first choir solo yeah and it was this point where I felt my soul aligned with the gift and Mm -hmm. service of the giver for the ministry of the church. And I fell in love with that reality. And I've been living toward just repeating that (laughs) uh, throughout my life at this point. Now married 12 years. Let's go. To Lorna, we got four little boys, Mm -hmm. Canaan, Lawson, Navy, and Banner. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh Kalen? Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. Lawson. Lawson. Navy. Navy. Banner. Those are some dope Mm -hmm. names. We 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 labored over them. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) We labored over them. I love these names. Yeah. What are their ages? Ten, seven, five, and two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the thick of it. Yes, you are. Yeah. I'll be praying for sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And be praying for my wife. Yes, sir. She holds it down. Oh, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah. Dude, that's beautiful. My I'm I'm still I see everything in pictures and I'm still looking at your dad. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I gotta tell you about this dude. Yeah, bro. Cause the the older I get, the more I appreciate who he is. Yeah. Cause I'm him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I better learn to appreciate him. Right, 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 for sure. But he was raised by a military dad, fought in the war. Wow. Came back, worked at Post Serials in Battle Creek, Michigan, which was my hometown. Mm -hmm. Married to my grandmother, uh, who was a registered nurse, but didn't really have a faith life. Mm -hmm. Like, there's conversations about him being a Mason and, and some of these other things. So very interesting, veiled existence. Mm -hmm. He died before I was born. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never got, got to meet him. And that really fractured our family. Mm -hmm. So there's not my kids love the show Family Reunion. Yep. And they want a family reunion so bad. I'm right. like, first of all, if we have one, those people you see on TV are not gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> so right, there's right. No, it's gonna be different. Yeah, they, we don't got no barbecue, ain't got no dancing. We ain't it's us. Right. Uh, that's why there's four of y'all. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna recreate we, this. We had to repopulate. Yes. We are Noah and the wife. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. So so we um that he was raised kind of in that very strict environment, mm -hmm. but with no real spiritual foundation. Gotcha. So he grew up through musician, uh, played in bands and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, went through those really rough years as a young adult, losing yeah. so many people. And, uh, but my dad was multiple earrings, slick back, ponytail like had the relaxer in his hair yep. so he could get there yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know just, people don't know that struggle <laughs> no no yeah he beard the fila combat boots with the chains on them harley davidson you know i am not a reflection right. of his size <laughs> right right you know? right yeah, yeah 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 big guy but just uh i think through all that pain, we know depression, inward, Yep. you know, it's anger. Yeah, for sure. So there was a lot of anger there. And when he gave his life to God, it was like change, bro. Mm. And still seeing his humanity, you know. Yeah. But that heart to just go after God and do some of the work and let his life be changed, love people within this church context. Yep. We had older gentlemen in the church that would later say, my dad was the first black man they ever embraced. Wow. Just taught me so much about being a part of other cultures and loving people. Yeah. And amazing, man. Just an amazing guy. And I always thank him so much for that pivotal moment of making a decision yep. for our family yeah bro to follow jesus yeah for sure yeah and i've been able to do so many amazing things but it all points back to one choice on a saturday afternoon yeah and i only have a glimpse of what he had to fight through to get to come home and be like we're going to church tomorrow. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, bro. Like literally, as as, as you know, the first round, as you were talking about him, the only thing I kept thinking to myself, Torin, is this dude is brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the bravery it takes takes to step back into a mess you made. Mm-hmm. And yeah. being like, hey, I know I probably hurt y'all. Yeah. But now I think God's going to use me to heal y'all too. Yeah. Figure it out. Like, I, yeah. obviously he wasn't thinking all of this, right? Right. In the moment. But, dude, it takes bravery to step. Most people would be like, I'm just going to start fresh with, like, a new family. Right. Or a new person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I kind of jacked that one up. Yeah. Man, it takes bravery to come back into mm-hmm. a space where you've probably contributed to the hurt and the pain and yep. being like, are we about to do something different? Right. And and I and I want to lead you. I right. want to lead you in that. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Only the grace of God. Yeah, bro. It's brave. <laughs> and then to step into a all white church. All white church. That's brave as well. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. Mm-hmm. It was the downward inflection. <laughs> it's because so we were so loved mm. and still probably misunderstood. I Understood. mean, well, I just I just had this conversation with my dad the other day because we were talking about, you know, him being a musician and stuff. And one of the things the pastor said who would not marry him and my stepmom. Wow. Wow was don't bring your boogie-woogie keyboards into my church. Boogie-woogie. Can we just (laughs) slow down real quick? I had no idea the words boogie-woogie would minister to me (laughs) the way they just did. Don't bring that boogie-woogie in here. Boogie-woogie. And the fact that he actually thinks boogie-woogie, which is a sound... Uh-huh. Is actually the keyboard. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, what kind of sounds come out of your pe- keyboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boogie, boogie woogie. woogie. Sounds. Yeah. Like, like, uh-huh. That is hilarious yeah, to me. Yeah, bro. Don't bring your boogie Don't woogie your boogie. keyboards. Yeah. Wow. In here. And just over time, mm. through kindness, my dad broke those people down. <laughs> There is no one more beloved wow. than Phil Wells. Wow. Because he was relentlessly kind. And we know all the Yeah. All the little things, yeah, the yeah, little jabs, sure. the little Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Number yeah. one, just being in church. Yeah, for sure. You you're gonna be offended. It doesn't matter who you are, skin tone, yep. hair. Yep. But you add that layer on it and you're just constantly poked at yep and you bigger than everybody and used to beating people <laughs> oh my god and you just choose love 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 he brought that pastor a black sheep and he said i'll be your black sheep bought him a tie all the white sheep black sheep on it gave it to him that pastor ended up going to other churches and preaching about the black sheep that changed his life because he was brave enough to stay and love people. That misunderstood him. 
crazy. Dang, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yep. my. There's like 52 directions I want to run in off that. I got my running shoes on. Hey, you do. Go anywhere we want to go. Listen. Let's oh go. my gosh. <laughs> the bravery to stay where you're misunderstood. I mean, that is, we we can take our time. But Clearly. <laughs> that That is what Jesus did. Mm. And it's so crazy to me how often we feel entitled to run to spaces where everyone not only understands us, but coddles us. Yep, absolutely. In, in whatever we want to be coddled in. Yeah. Jesus came to his own and his own received him, him not. not. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. So rejection is a part of what the mechanism that God uses to shape us into the character of Christ. I agree. I absolutely agree. So we run from it yep. to be celebrated. Yeah. And... That that example would prove to be paramount, mm. you know, in yeah. my life. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> that that that's a well, you, well, you, you 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 just you just segued yourself. Yeah. Um. How how was that paramount for you? Well. Yeah, there's so many iterations of it. Yeah. Um, I just wrote this down in my journal maybe two or three days ago. I went to an event, and it was a gospel honors event, and you have all of these amazing gospel singers. It'll be out soon. Okay. Everybody will know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> but I came back with a different perspective because sometimes when I'm in a room that's all any one thing i'm uncomfortable me too bro bro that's me too i don't want to be in a room that's all white me either and i don't want to be in a room that's all black me either <laughs> bro i'm from cal i'm from southern cal yeah i moved to texas and and obviously i had never been around anything remotely close to segregation yeah and I moved to I moved to Texas, bro. And like all the black people lived off twenty, and all the white people lived north of six thirty five mm -hmm. when I got here in ninety seven. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like all the Mexicans were off thirty Interstate thirty somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then like all the Asians were wherever everybody else was. Just right. like we'll do your nails and we'll give you hair. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll right. fix your car. Right. Yes. And so I'm like, where is the community pool? Mm -hmm. Because this clearly is black only, white only, Hispanic That's only, right. Asian only. Yeah, we just took was, the signs down. Yeah, it was so weird. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've never, like, I need diversity. Yeah, Like, that's all I grew up with. Yes. Is seeing everybody. You, you know right. what I mean? And you dated who was cute. It was never like, you dating a white girl. Right. You dating a black girl. You dating a Filipino. Yeah. You dating Hispanic. It's like. All of these fish are in this pond. <laughs> that, that, yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm just throwing my fishing line in. <laughs> That's right. And this f cute Filipino one came up. Uh -huh. <laughs> I ain't going to be a beggar. I ain't mad at or all. I ain't mad at all. <laughs> you cute. You know what I mean? That's you win. Right. That's right. right. You were here first. You win. That's you know? right. So that's, that is, um, 
That's very, very interesting. So I went to this event. Normally, I would walk away from something like that and be like, dang, man. Why didn't I get all that other stuff? Mm. Mm. Man, I wanted to do all that. Wow. I'm just doing me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people were kind, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a fit. Mm. So I went back and I wrote in my journal the next morning, God, thank you for making me me. Mm. For putting me together how you wanted me to be put together. Mm. My gifts, my skills, my struggles, and allowing me to be who I am and to be in all of these various spaces. Thank you for the people that you put in front of me. That's awesome. Because it could easily go the other, like where I wanted, the words I wanted to write down were not those words. Understood. Yeah, understood. Absolutely. But it's that time, it's walking into the barbershop and getting passed off by eight barbers. Mm. See, we always hear this narrative from, y'all thought I was going to talk about all the white people rejecting me. <laughs> no. It's happened. We'll talk about it. But when, when you live your life under the construct that you are black. Yes, sir. And then every black space that you're in you're rejected first is more difficult i expect some level of a layered response from a white community but i expected to be received yeah and everyone's like uh, i don't know what to do with that hair not it that that hurts worse yeah man and when you craved it but didn't have it in your family because your family's fractured yeah so my mom's side of the family is a unit yeah they move as a unit yeah and they received me into the unit yeah my dad's side of the family was so fractured, there was nothing to assimilate to except my dad, mm. who was an outlier. Yep, yep, yep. He didn't fit the stereotype either. Yep, absolutely. So I grew up listening to ACDC and right. Aerosmith and right. ZZ Top and the Isley Brothers and James Brown and Prince right. and Winona Judd and yep. Whitney. Yep. It yep. was it was a amalgamation of different things, yep. not just one thing. And my dad's whole premise was i'm not fitting into anyone's categories for me i am who i am yeah. he didn't have god language at that point right and so you know grew up going to private school christian school me and my friend brandon were the black kids in the school and yet half white we were both mixed. Mm -hmm. We were best friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there were times I get in trouble in school. My dad would go up to the school thinking it's racially motivated, you know. So there was always just that tension yeah. of whatever room we were in. And it came to a head when my wife and I got married. Uh, we were engaged and we were sending out our wedding invitations 
my wife's dad is a pastor in Houston. Houston, statistically, at this time, it was the most diverse city in America. Yep. And so we get engaged. We send out our wedding invitations. We start getting the invitations, not sent back to our house, but sent back to the church because they wanted my father-in-law to know they weren't coming to the wedding. So, and the people leading the charge were my father-in-law's parents, sister and brother-in-law, his family. So here is a man on a whole other path that we could go down who has almost single-handedly secured my faith in church and in Christians and in ministry and ultimately in God. And he's having to have conversations with his family like can't divulge all of it. Understood. But just I remember he and I standing outside of a Mexican restaurant in Houston and he said with tears in his eyes, I'm so sorry. There's no other explanation for this than racism. Mm. And after we got married, he did our wedding, stood up in the pulpit and said, this was prior to our marriage. He said, I had someone ask me recently, Pastor, what will we do if there are black people and Mexicans in heaven? And he said, if you're asking that question, you don't have to worry about it. You won't be there. So this man took a stand in the pulpit, obviously for his daughter, but for me and for every other person of color that would come into that community. And it broke something in that church. The interesting thing about the church was it was diverse. Yes, sir. Of course. We were all in the choir together. Yep. We were all serving in ministry together. After we got married, 100 people left. I was getting things sent to my Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Remember when you used to check that? Yeah. I uh, <laughs> operative word used yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'll, I'll beat you until you really look like a zebra. Making slurs and actual threats. Like my dad, like, do we need to come down there? Like, do you need people? And church still, people? still showing up every Sunday. Yes, of course. Because you are your daddy's son. We're going to break them down. You had already seen hey. this. You had already watched this movie. Bro. Lord, have mercy on my whole soul. So this is the most amazing part. Fast forward now, 12 years we've been married. Yeah. My father-in-law took the first step, although it was not his step to take, to put his family back together with his parents and and all of that. My brother-in-law said, if there's going to be water under the bridge, somebody has to build a bridge. My father-in-law reached out. No apologies. No, we messed this up. None of that. Let's start from scratch. If you can love this family and love our grandkids, we'll give you another chance. So we start, we f- show up that first Christmas at Nana and Pawpaw's front door. 
and come in and I just start fill wells, breaking them down. Now at our last family get together, my wife's Nana talked to me the whole time. Didn't talk to nobody else. It's now a family joke that they don't care about anyone else <laughs> in the entire family. I love it. They care about me. Yeah. So it's just, I think I say all of that to encourage people in this, that we all have something about us that makes us feel like we're on the outside at times. Yeah, for sure. And instead of using it as an excuse to stay outside, mm. what if you use it as permission yep. to step into it? Yeah. So. So, bro, you. I don't. I, you might have hit the the human lottery when it comes to, bro, dads and father-in-laws. Like. I don't know if I've ever seen, and again, I see everything in pictures, so that's why I'm saying it. I heard you, but I, I watched mm -hmm, it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm watching a coin, and I see your dad on one side, mm -hmm. brave enough, black enough mm -hmm. to walk into mm -hmm. an all-white church and go, I'll stay here until you call Boogie Woogie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus music. Right. Right, right, right. I'm going to stay here. Right? Yeah. You ain't going to run me off. Yeah. You flip the coin. Your father-in-law, a white man, is mm -hmm. looking at his white family mm -hmm. and congregation and going, mm -hmm. y'all are racist and you could be on your way to hell. Yeah. Fam, that's bravery. Yeah. <laughs> that's just... You had no choice. Bro. After seeing those two object lessons. Crazy. That is wild, man. So from your dad, here's my synthesis. From your dad, it's, I will not allow your misunderstanding of me to make me run away from you. Mm -hmm. On your father-in-law's side, it's I will not allow your misunderstanding of them mm -hmm. to make me agree with you. Mm. Mm. That's nasty. That's stinky. <laughs> that's stinky. Yeah, that's a good synthesis. <laughs> Nana sitting up there going, like the when is Torin getting here? <laughs> Nana, aren't you happy to see me? <laughs> Screw you. When is Torin getting here? <laughs> Yo, that's spectacular. And that's love. Mm -hmm. And that's that's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We, we like to, like, when, when we talk about scenarios like this, we like to throw the words radical in front of it. Mm -hmm. But what we call radical, God just calls agape. Yeah. Not that he would speak Greek, but yeah. I don't, you, you know what I mean? Whether it's Aramaic or Syrian Aramaic or mm -hmm. <laughs> Hebrew or whatever, 
God would just be like, that's just love. Baseline. This is baseline. I asked my boys last night before bed, what is the number one commandment? Navy, five years old. Love people. Mm. He got it at five. Five, fam. Try to make it so complicated. Right. This is radical love. This is radical obedience. This is extravagant forgiveness. Is it though? No. Is it? It's extravagant. This is the play. This is the only recourse we have. Mm -hmm. Is to pray for those that despitefully use you. Mm -hmm. It's the only the only play we saw ran is Jesus forgiving mid crucifixion. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Not after. No, the pinnacle of suffering. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And we we swear in certain circumstances that we know the intentions of people's hearts. Mm-hmm. When the truth of the matter is, the majority of times, I won't say all the time, there's some people with ill will and yeah. ill motive and you know, have have nefarious plans. The majority of the time, though? No. They don't even know what they do. They don't know. Nana didn't even know what the heck she was doing. She was in the back of the church saying, oh, you see, we got Michael Jackson leading worship today. (laughs) Don't laugh like Michael Jackson, though. (laughs) I mean, Nana, you do have a point. I mean, man, if you want Michael. <laughs> you want, I mean, we can moonwalk real quick. If you want Do you it. want that? Do you, it seems I mean, like you, you want like that. that. It seems like you, Nana, just say you like yeah, Michael. Yeah, just say you like him. Yeah, just say you like him, Nana. You ain't got to, you ain't got to be petty about it in the back of the, in the back of the church. Dude, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I'm, man, I just want to hold space for you as um, a biracial man having to navigate that thing that is very unique to biracial people mm-hmm. um i i have so much empathy in hearing your story because i don't have that nuance mm-hmm. to deal with my mom had that nuance and she's not even biracial but she's actually lighter than you mm-hmm. my mom's french vanilla Mm-hmm. During the Watts riots in the 60s, she could not go outside while the riots were going on because she passed as white mm-hmm. and would have been beat up. Wow. So whether you're biracial or you're just light-skinned mm-hmm. and could be 100% African-American, mm-hmm. but on the lighter pigmentation side, mm-hmm. the level of prejudice within the black community... Yeah. It's crazy. For biracial people and light-skinned mm-hmm. people is just nuts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that has to be lonely. It is. The the thing about it is that that that's why the church was so important to me. Yeah. Because it gave people a different starting point. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are people who got it wrong. I never want to judge the minority who got it wrong by the majority who are trying to get it right. Und- understood, for sure. So I stay focused on that. But God put the right people around me at the right times to where you just you understand that misunderstanding comes with it yeah for sure but that was a muscle that i needed to develop for how i would pivot through other areas of my life yeah because there's a lot of misunderstanding that comes along with just being a believer with being a christian with having callings and dreams that god places in your heart that your parents don't understand and your friends don't understand and your coworkers and your teams and so that it builds that muscle to just be like, I have to be who I am yep. because I have no other choice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Absolutely. And then God puts people around it. Yep. And it's like, oh, everybody said made of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We can ride. We'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's interesting because they even they talked about this on uh, ESPN with Steph. Really? Yeah, like an actual open conversation. People don't like putting him higher in the all-time basketball greats rankings because he's light-skinned. I never. Open com- open dialogue on ESPN about it. What? Yeah. And that's the conversation they're having in the barbershop and everywhere else. That's you crazy. Make him, you put a little bit more melanin in there. And we would venerate him. He going up. That th- that's. But there is a Man, there's dark. a psychological barrier that's been created, and I don't like pointing everything back to slavery and all of that. I understand. Yeah. It's so nuanced, but and that field. Yeah. House. Yeah. Oh, that's a real thing. And people are still putting. Absolutely. People in those Absolutely lanes. correct. House nigga, so, field nigga. Yeah. You don't They're get doing it. You don't get it. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So seeing it, it helps to see other examples and be like, oh, that wasn't just me. You had Charles on? Yeah. I'm like, Charles knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. It just it yeah. just helps. Yeah. Absolutely correct. But then to be, you know, assimilated in and celebrated. Yeah by people who are the body of Christ who have declared, I'm putting something above my culture. I'm putting something above my skin tone. The gospel is the unifying for no Jew nor Greek. That's right. No Gentile. That's right. Male nor female. Yep. Like, we are so quick to make the full estimation of who we are, who we are on the surface. Mm, And that's just not the case. It's gotta be deeper than that. When when I when I was the lead pastor of Embassy City, um, we we planted the church in uh, what was and still is one of the it is the top ten most racially diverse zip codes in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. You could have never paid me to believe anywhere in Texas, especially North. I knew about mm-hmm. Houston, mm-hmm. but zip code. 
no ethnicity over 25%. Mm. Like wow. it was it was just blended, right? It was beautiful. Um so we planted this diverse church and I made a statement and every time I made this statement in our uh we called it our engaged class, but it was for people that were uh considering becoming uh members. Um we 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 told them uh the the statement that I made was if you love your ethnicity more than you love your identity in Christ, you have an idol. Yes, sir. Okay. As a black man. Yes, sir. Caramel, right? You, you know yeah. what I mean? But hundred percent black on uh-huh. both sides. Uh-huh. Nigerian and and Ghana. Uh-huh. Uh uh my ancestors coming through in Cherokee, right? Mm-hmm. So all minority, though. Yeah. 20% white from the mm-hmm. slave mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. slave owners, right? Mm-hmm. I had more black people leave the church than any other ethnicity. Yeah. Every time I made that statement. Yep. Because it was almost like you sold out by making that statement. Yeah. And I didn't agree with, I didn't disagree with him. Yeah. I did sell out. Yeah, to the gospel. I sold out to Jesus. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I sold out to Jesus Christo. I sold yeah. out to Yeshua. I sold out to Isa. Like, what, what language do you want me to put his name in? Like, yeah. I sold out when I gave my life up for Jesus Christ. Yeah. So if you love your ethnicity more than you love your identity in Christ, you have an idol. And when I tell you, they didn't do it physically, but in their heart, they, like, walked out with a black power fist. Yeah. They were like, no, you're not. I need you blacker. Yeah. And I'm like, I, what do you think the gospel mm-hmm. calls for? Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 2023, fam, and we talking about prejudice within the black community. Yeah, we ain't talking about racism, although we could talk about racism. Mm-hmm. We ain't talking about uh, any systemic issues. We're just talking about that nuance that still exists. Mm-hmm. That's still pervasive. That still you run up against it. Mm-hmm. People don't say it with their mouth, mm-hmm. but they show it in their deeds. Yep. And it's just, it's unfortunate, dude. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Because you've literally cut yourself off from the wider body of Christ. I always say that the 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 body of Christ is the greatest fraternity and sorority you could ever be a part of. Yep. I can land in a different country and have a brother and sister. That's right. Just like that. Yep. Beautiful. But sometimes I can't walk into a church in America mm-hmm. and be received the same way. Mm-hmm. But I could get dropped off in Malaysia. They're like, Brother yeah. Tim. Yes. We're so happy you're here. Yep. I get dropped off in Singapore. Yep. Brother Tim, over here. Mm-hmm. Australia, Costa Rica, Turks and Caicos, Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, now you're just going on vacation, though. <laughs> <laughs> this boy just went from a missionary journey straight to vacation. Hey, when you when you when you when you have to preach in Nassau, it's like he said Saint Lucia. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome Paris. <laughs> it's all, we all want to go, Tim. I do. I, I my wife's Caribbean, so I had we had to go there. Uh, we, had go. To go there. Go. we had to go there. We had to. I, I I am um so so I'm now I'm thinking about how this impacts you as an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because 
And I don't even know if you've ever segue into your artistry like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> no. But I'm 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 very curious as to uh, Daddy with the biker jacket on, mm -hmm. who's like ACDC sometimes and James Brown mm -hmm. sometimes. You know Whitney and Winona mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, Mick Jagger. <laughs> right yeah. and jagged edge like 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 when you're Onyx and gospel gangsters <laughs> <laughs> that's what you gotta say when my dad got slam let the boys be boys slam if you don't know there's that song, another one in the gutter son yes <laughs> see sometimes you gotta yes bro gotta that was that aggression but i don't like why my dad was letting me digest that <laughs> right, right. I went back and listened to that the other day. I can't show that to my kids. Nah, I just can't show that to that, my that's kids. too much. That's too much. Yeah, it's too, it's too much. That was, I think Onyx was crumping with their voice before crumping came out. Facts. I'm like, how yeah. many caffeinated drinks yeah. do you have to have in your system to rap like to that? To do that, because I'm not that angry. Yeah. About uh, nothing. It's probably more than caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Caffeinated drinks. That was nice. He probably did some lines. Yeah. A few. <laughs> few lines uh -huh. before you walk in there. Uh-huh. All right. So so all of this is blended up in you. When when do you start when when are you singing? When well, are when are you when are you just into the that creative space where you start finding out this stuff that's on the inside of you. The interesting thing about the church tradition that I grew up in was that it was predominantly white, but it had an affinity for black gospel music is what they would call it. Uh-huh. Everyone else woogie. calls it gospel music. <laughs> the boogie woogie. <laughs> it's gospel, yes. They, but they had to be like, this is them black, black people's. Gospel. This, is, this is them black people's music. Yes. <laughs> Got the little boogie woogie. In. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> boogie woogie is gonna be my word for the next six months. Easy. Oh. I'm gonna be saying it unsolicited. Yeah. It's not gonna even fit stuff. No. I'm gonna be like, is that that boogie woogie that water boogie you got? Uh huh. <laughs> Did you get a boogie woogie burger? Uh huh. I'm gonna be putting it in. I'm gonna be putting it in sentences it has no business being in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're goofy. <laughs> so, uh. you know, we were doing gospel music, choir music. Mm -hmm. All of that, you know, mm -hmm. from James Cleveland to Kurt Carr to wow, like the whole Andre wow. Kraft, like my so that pastor retired and a younger pastor's couple came from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And they were, I think, my age when they came to my hometown, wow. Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah. And very musical, very talented mm -hmm. and just love all, all the gospel stuff. So immediately we were doing all that. She could sing. The first person I heard sing Alabaster Box was not Cece. It was my pastor's wife. Wow. So everything, what is incredible about that is they fully took that on. My my pastor loved the black community. Yep. There were There was a segment within the church as the church grew where they wanted him to wear a traditional robe like a black mm. pastor. Wow. He was in that joint every Sunday. Wow. Just just wanting to embrace the people yep. he was called to to pastor. Yes, yeah, dope. So, 
really cool. On the flip side of that, you have the white version of oh, everything black. You're absolutely right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely so, correct. Absolutely. Although it was love, yep. my understanding of that world did not come through an authentic lens. My dad didn't like choir music. Right. So it's very interesting. When I brought Kirk home, mm -hmm. and my dad being a full bona fide believer, he was like, uh, I don't really like choir music. Mm. But he liked Fred. Mm. So I started getting into Fred and Kirk and then Israel came along. That's the point. And I was like, that, that, that's like literally Goldilocks. Bro. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? This one's a this little too hot. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> There's me. Yeah, you found you. Absolutely correct. I went to the Bible bookstore. Can we slow down real quick? Yeah. Can I want you to go to the Bible bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in getting to the Bible bookstore, can you talk about the importance of representation? Yeah. Like you had to see it. Yes. Like yeah. you. Uh-huh. Wow. Maybe you should talk about the but like, no, no, but think about it, though. No, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like we, we don't understand how valuable and necessary. Yes representation is yes. you were inspired by kirk what i loved i couldn't access until i saw someone that you was my needed shadow something yes. that someone yes that looked like you yep that was necessary for permission necessary. yep it's inspirational if i see it mm -hmm. in kirk or yes. i see it in fred hammond yeah but you've lived a different experience yep and so until israel houghton Right. Until beige. Right. Right? It yep. kind of like ambiguous enough to be like. Yes. Is right. that a Mexican? Right. <laughs> Bro. He people says, just come up he to me speaking Spanish. <laughs> he says te amo. Is he Mexican? Bariqua. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is he Puerto Rican? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yo no sé. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right. like, no entiendo. That's very important. It is. Yeah. And. I don't think that I actually saw it like that until you just said that. Mm. I don't think I made that connection. I think it was there was an accessibility musically too. Right. Because right. we were playing and even with Israel it was still a little bit true, but we were playing versions of these other songs or we were just straight up using soundtracks. Yep. Cuz there was no way <laughs> <laughs> you had to get stems. <laughs> Because there's no way Before Sheila, stems. there's no way Sheila and Jackie no. were about to hit them chords. No, and they, and they, it wasn't happening. Sister Angie and Sister Julie, uh -uh. they were, were playing, amazing, they and were, they built me. But they were not but playing they did diminished. Not <laughs> when I when I first saw people's hands like this, uh. you all see. Now I was like, oh, that's how you play that chord. <laughs> Not like this. this. Yeah, exactly. So, and that was, so I mean, I was 16. Wow. So those, 
all those developmental years yeah. where most of our kids learn through exposure and absorption. Yep. Yeah. I was absorbing something different. Yep. So uh, Live from Another Level came out when mm-hmm. I was 16. Mm-hmm. I went to the Bible bookstore, got the songbook, mm. went to Barnes & Noble, got the chord book. Wow. Got my boom box. How's that, millennials? Gen, <laughs> Gen Z? Alpha Gen? Right, right, right. Got my boom box, put my CD in, and was going through, coming from the outside. What's a A minor 7? Wow. Wow. A minor 7. Wow. Chord by chord. Because there wasn't that natural cultural context to absorb from in that way. So Aaron Lindsay and Israel Houghton, that was school for me. Oh, that's that that that's that that was an architecture. Woo. That was architecture, bro. Bro. So that's where I started learning to play. And then I found out with those chords. I could put them together in a different order and it'd be mine. And that was cracking the code for me. Wow. Because now I didn't have to be Kirk. Didn't have to be Fred. I later learned about Stephen Curtis Chapman. Didn't have to be him. Yep. And I started putting my stuff together and started having my youth group sing it with me. And I was writing songs. And Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Give me, get, take me slower, bro. <laughs> All right, most people. And how old are you around this time? 16. Okay. Holy cow. Who, who, what kind of freak are you? This is wild. So most people crack the code so that they can do what they do their way mm-hmm. right like if you would have stopped there that would have already been like a inspirational like yeah mm-hmm. like you i'm taking this i'm taking that a seventh mm-hmm. and i'ma do it mm-hmm. e mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right 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 i'm gonna do it in e because mm-hmm. my range is gonna go this mm-hmm. way and so mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna go i want to start here so i can end there mm-hmm. right um it's one thing to crack the code and be like i'm gonna make this song mine it's another thing to crack the code and be like, all right, thanks, guys. All right, time to write my own. Yeah. What? Yeah. See, I don't like passing stuff like that. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you're gifted and you're talented and this is what you do, it sounds like normal. Mm-hmm. That ain't. Yeah. <laughs> like most people well, let me ain't add doing another layer. Yeah, yeah. Because it was hard to learn that alone. But... What happened, see, what had happened was (laughs) I couldn't learn it fast enough to get it presentable for a Wednesday youth thing. Okay. So it forced me to write my own. So I started creating from a deficiency. The mother of the greatest inventions. The gifted and all that, that... I love those people, and I hate them, too. (laughs) But this started for me from, well, what can I use? What can I understand? What can I create? And that 
the now my dad had been writing songs in one key his whole life. Wow. He had mastered C. Wow. Him and Madonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to learn how to play in different keys. Yeah. But I knew I could the joy that I saw my dad express in one key doing what he wanted to do. I knew if I can unlock that for me and then bring my friends along, oh, we out of there. So it was from necessity of I can't learn the songs fast enough. I can write my own and no one will know I'm making a mistake. Wow. So that's, I started taking piano lab yep. at school. Yep. They wanted you to learn these note pieces, but they messed up because they put a 16-track recorder on my keyboard. <laughs> so all the other kids are learning. Mary had a little lamb, and I was, the songs that I only, I only had that piano at home. Yep. I took it to school. After school, my piano lab teacher, Seth Gardner, gave me a key so I could go in there. I was recording 16 tracks, drums, keys, synths, all Harmonies. that. And then taking them to my youth group you play this you play this i was able to work it out i wouldn't have known the to tell the guitar player i want to hear this right had i not been able to figure it out yeah. alone yeah yeah for sure so it was it was necessity it was deficiency yeah and then ultimately purpose all right so so i actually love love that as ingredients necessity deficiency purpose Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we think we need more than we need to get started. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, once I get the funding, once I have the business, once I get the degree, mm -hmm. once I get married, once I become a pastor, everybody thinks they need more than they need to actually start. Mm -hmm. um, and, man, necessity is the mother. Of invention. Of invention. Mm -hmm. Of innovation. Mm -hmm. Like, there needs to be something not there. Mm -hmm. Or else, why am I even making this? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. The iPhone got brought to the market. No one was asking for it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Steve Jobs was creating a phone. Nobody was asking for it. Mm -hmm. Everybody was either BlackBerry, Nokia, Motorola Razor, T-Mobile Psychic. Mm -hmm. And Steve Jobs was like, I know nobody wants a piece of glass. They can make a phone call and take a picture and listen to music on and download an app. But here we go. Mm -hmm. I just I just feel like there's something to be said for the necessity part. Mm -hmm. I think it's invaluable to purpose. Yeah, there's got to be a deficiency somewhere, or else why am I even digging like this? Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm just letting that marinate, bro. I love it. I'm letting that marinate because that's that's very inspiring. All right, so you get the you you start doing your you My start doing song. music. You start My doing your songs. songs. Yeah. Your so but those songs turn into something. They do. Year after year. Year after season year. after season. Season after season. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Because, like, I had to mature. Mm -hmm. And not just the skills. Like, 
this is the problem with people getting all this success and then not knowing what to do with it because there was no time. So I had the gift of time. Mm. And the pace of the world today, I feel like, is robbing young innovators and creatives of the most important thing they need not to be successful for a moment, but for a lifetime. And that is time. John Mayer said, the worst thing you can do is write a song and go put it on YouTube. He recounts the years of being awkward and 13 yep. in his room with his guitar. Yeah. And then when you see him, her, Gabby, yeah. went into the music industry at 13, developed year after year, so that when you see her, all you need to see is a silhouette because it's developed over time. Yeah, absolutely. And then she puts the world on notice. My boys have been begging to have a YouTube channel. Could they? Yeah. 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 It would probably be more successful than mine. <laughs> mine too. My what? boys would blow me away. Yeah. But I want to give them time. They need it. Have to have it. They have to have it. If you don't get to develop in the dark, the image washes out. Overexposed. I'm just glad you said it first. Because do you mind me asking your age? 37. Okay. I'm 48. I'm glad to have somebody in their 30s saying you need time. Mm -hmm. Because I remember my first sermon. I remember it. Mm -hmm. There's no video footage of it. Yeah. I know they recorded it on, on a cassette. Nobody has it but my mom and my daddy. Yeah. That's not for... I was in the dark room with the red light on. Mm -hmm. I'm still, uh, I'm the, 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 the image of Christ is yep. still forming. Overexposed and underdeveloped is what we have. If you don't have time. And, the, and, by, and, and by, their by their third tour stop, they've already cheated on their spouse. Right. That part. <laughs> by, their, by their seventh tour stop, they've already taken nine, nine shots. Yes. And you've taken all of the gifting and you've built this beautiful thing that's actually a prison. Because you didn't take the time to go get the keys. And the keys are the internal life. That That's... I didn't even have that, though. Like, I didn't get the keys till I was 30. I had the record deal at 24, married, touring, Grammy, nominations, all that, 25, 26, 27, tours, arenas, all of that. Didn't have the keys. So I had to deal with what didn't develop, which was my character. Yes, sir. And... As amazing as all the people in my life were, they did not have the awareness mm -hmm. 
audacity, mm. sensitivity mm. to say, wow, this seems to be going really well. Mm. How are you? Mm. Mm-hmm. And follow it up with, you know, there is nothing you could tell me right now that would change how I felt about you. I just want to know, how are you doing? Just didn't have it. Yep. And maybe people tried. Yep. I wasn't ready. Yep. Understood. That's good. That's good self-awareness. But I too. think if if people can give themselves time and get to that character piece, bro, then you can actually enjoy what you get to live in. Absolutely correct. Otherwise, it's just prison. It is, dude. You can't enjoy it. Can't enjoy it. Oh, my gosh. Bro, you have no idea how refreshing it is to hear you say that. Like, that is, like, (sighs) my secret sauce to success is that at every age and stage, the Lord was kind enough mm-hmm. to go. I'm not turning the lights on in this room yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Don't even ask me to open that door. Oh, you're begging for the door to be opened. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, just wanting, wanting the success, wanting the the next step, the raise, the promotion, the the relationship you're just consumed with it and it's like if you got this right now it would destroy you so 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 let's let let's just let's just throw this statement out here for anybody that cares thank god for the kindness mm. of his closed doors We, we are always at God open up a door that no man can shut. Right? We 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 boldly proclaim that in our prayers and we kind of whisper, shut doors if you can help. Like, like you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we really yes. don't want it, right? No. But it he is being kind mm-hmm. when he keeps the door closed. Mm-hmm. Especially if you if if he knows you have a heart after him, he'll he, he's like, I'm gonna keep that door closed because mm-hmm. you don't even know you're dumb right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Right. You'll know in 90 days. That's right. And you'll repent and cry, and then you're going to thank me for not opening that door. But right now, you don't know you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So I'm going to keep it closed because I know that 18 months from now, I- I'll never forget this story. Um, uh, I'll give you the, the, the nutshell of it. Um, I had a youth pastor that was my mentor. He took a youth group from 80 people to 2,000 people in four years. And then wanted me to be his successor. Mm. He, came, he comes to me a year before he transitions. He goes, hey, I've already talked to the lead pastor about you. He's ready for you. And uh, you're the guy for this job. And I respectfully declined. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? People would be dying for this. He was like, what are you, yeah, like, yeah, like, bro, what are you even thinking about? Yeah. Like, you're the guy. Yeah. And I said, um, I'm 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 humbled by the recommendation. And by your faith in me, I said, I have to say no for two reasons. Number one, um, 
my marriage is not ready for us to step into this. Mm-hmm. I said, number two, my character. Wow. It's not ready for me to step into this. I said, I'm in therapy and counseling right now for some of the trauma from my past, porn addiction, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm s- solidifying my young marriage, mm-hmm. you know, 36 months at the time. Yeah. Around there. Wow. That I'm, I'm trying to facilitate. I said, that's number one. Number two, um, I will not embarrass you for choosing me. Yeah. Right now. Wow. And I said, here's how honest I want to be with you. I would love to tell you that if a 18, 19 year old that just graduated from high school or freshman in college and runs track <laughs> and is super attractive and runs track. I, I have a type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um I, I would love to tell you that I I'm strong enough. Yeah. But right now, there's no way. Yeah. You put me in an environment where I'm leading, mm-hmm. and this is who's looking up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm dangerous. Yeah. I'm a danger to myself and others. And so I can't. Now, I, I thought the response would be like, you are noble. You are. Wow. Yeah. You are God's man. Maybe just not now. The maturity. The maturity. (laughs) Bro, it was like, what the hell? Like, why would you do that? Like, bro, you'll be fine. Like, if I'm telling you I won't be fine. I'm telling you. You can't tell me I will. Right. Like, (laughs) I know me better than you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I don't take it, obviously. And um, the person that was chosen after me, who was all... I was married, young married, but he was single. This guy accepts it. Within six months has to mm-hmm. res- rescind because mm-hmm. he gets an intern pregnant. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And the only thing I'm thinking to myself is I'm not like, <laughs> no, I'm literally thinking that was about to be me. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about the leader. Yeah. You that, know what I'm that, saying? That is unbelievable. And yet. Leaders put people in this position all the time. All the time. So what happens? Four years go by. Um, and then the the position of a young adult pastor is presented to me. I've slayed some demons. Mm-hmm. And Juliet and I are strong and my character is strong. Mm-hmm. And every one of those kids that were youth are now young adults. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I got it anyway. Right. That's it. It was delayed gratification. A lot of times we think if the door is closed, this is our one and only opportunity to go through it. Yep. Because we have a scarcity mentality. We got that FOMO. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to miss something. This is a big break. <sighs> mm-hmm. I could be on this platform with this person. I could go on tour with that person. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, in five years? <laughs> right. You'll be writing songs with that person and going on a tour with him anyway. Yes. But at least you'll be better. Right. As a person five years from now. Yes. You don't want it today. Right. I think that piece, though, just in going into this kind of leadership season of my life, 
it's difficult to lead people who are so eager but not ready because they feel like you're doing them a disservice and all you're trying to do is love them to give them success that actually lasts yes that their soul flourishes so yeah it's 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 tricky and yeah i've I wish that there would have been someone who pressed pause for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or that I would have had the awareness you had mm. to where my wife wouldn't have to be the one pressing pause. Yep. Absolutely correct. Yeah, for sure. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a leadership position out there, help a young buck out. Yes. Like, don't set him up. No. To like fail. that. No, don't do that to him. Don't do that to I, him. Don't let, do that to him. Let him her. experience the pain now. Yeah, for sure. Nobody even know, nobody even cares. Yeah, absolutely correct. And save so much heartache. Yeah. Yeah. Down the road. Uh, you know, it's twofold, right? We need the leader to lead, mm-hmm. like to really lovingly lead and be like, no, you're not doing it. Right. You're gifted to do it. Your character's not there to do it. Right. And then we need that that young, emerging, gifted person who's full of charisma and full of want and desire and mm-hmm. thirst and all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, To not think everybody's trying to hate on your gift yes. and stop your ministry. You 22, hush. Or 32. You're 32. Hush. You have so much time. He trying to block my blessing. He's just intimidated in my anointing. Ain't nobody intimidated you. <laughs> we don't know you. No one knows you. <laughs> we don't know you. You have 1,100 followers on YouTube. What are you talking about? Yeah. And 38 people said you're the best singer of this generation. <laughs> they were born 14 years ago. Yeah. The heck do they know? You related to half of them. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> it's how people get embarrassed on American Idol in the first two yes. weeks. Yes. My auntie told me I was the best. Yeah. And then Simon Cowell has to say, go get a job. Don't do that. Because I'm never signing you, right? Never <laughs> signing you, right? I think I, I think we've we've microwaved so much of giftings and talents that mm-hmm. should have been seasoned over a decade. I give my youth pastor a lot of credit and I've spoken about him openly all the time cuz he was so amazing. He taught me how to do everything. Awesome. In ministry. Yep. He told me a couple of years ago, I'm so grateful for how it is that you've turned out. Because for so long I felt guilty that I had raised good leaders and not good Christians. I think it's it's something in the leader that wants something for someone. I don't think it's a a bad intent. Yep. You you see it. Yep. And you want to create space. For the output of that gifting. Absolutely. 
So I don't think there's any ill will. Not at all. But if you don't teach them how to follow Jesus and to crucify this, everything that you love about them is going to go away. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. Uh, there was a guy, um, I won't name him. Um, I'm, I'm tr- I'm, I want to make sure I get this, like, generic. I- anybody that knows, it, they're going to know, but mm-hmm. I just want to be generic anyway. So anyway, um, I meet with this guy, and, uh, you know, I had just started my young adult ministry, and he had a singles ministry, and, um, I mean, singles ministry was cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, I met him for lunch once, and just I'm going to say it because this is just the stuff I look at. I know mm-hmm. somebody would probably be like, oh, you judged them and this, that, and the other. But for the risk of all of that, I'm just going to walk you through my process. Mm-hmm. When I see the way he's dressed and I see the car he drives and he's a peer, mm-hmm. the first thought I have is, He's outside of his home too much. Mm. Now, I could have been wrong, mm-hmm. except I wasn't. And, yeah. I, and I'm not saying I haven't been wrong before. Yeah. On this one, I was not. Yeah. Based on the way he was dressed and based on the car he drives, I thought to myself, he's not home. Because I know the church ain't paying you this. Yeah. So you're supplementing this on the road. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I've always had a philosophy that whatever job I work at in ministry has to cover my household expenses. Mm-hmm. That way, whatever I make on the road is additional mm-hmm. and can be used to give and can be used to help people and maybe treat ourselves to something. Mm-hmm. But it can't also be helping my mortgage. Yeah. Now I'm living outside my means. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm looking at the way he's dressed. I'm looking at the way he's driving. I'm like, something's off. And I don't know what it is. It's only one lunch, but something's off. The end of that same calendar year. I get a phone call from a different country. Can you come on two weeks notice? Can you come speak at this event? And I'm like, that's in two weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> not going to be able to be in another country in two weeks. Yeah. Well, this person was supposed to speak that I had lunch with, but they had a family emergency. So I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be able to do it. Come to find out several weeks later, he had slept with like, Five people in the mm-hmm. singles ministry. Mm-hmm. And the next time one of my mentees saw him, he was folding clothes at Dillard's. Mm. Jesus. I don't want to have a highlight reel. Right. By the time I'm 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Of the places I used to go and the things I used to do. Correct. But my character has so destroyed yes. my name that I'll never do it again. Right. It's not that God doesn't restore you as a person totally. and blah, 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 blah. He always yes. has a plan and he he's a God of miracles. But this, on a, on a, on a surface level, this is a one and done sport. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Ministry and politics are the only two callings, professions, career, path, whatever you want to categorize it as. Ministry and politics 
are the only two things in the whole spectrum of jobs where you are synonymous with morality. Mm-hmm. Yep. You ever heard of a doctor who lost his physician, yeah. lost his practice because yeah. he was at the strip club? <laughs> no. Taking shots, shaky hand, bourbon to even him out and go do a brain surgery and still, right? Airline pilots and. But politicians and preachers mm-hmm. were the only two that are mor- synonymous with morality. Now, if that's unhealthy, then we're we're all wild and secret lives and all that kind of stuff. But when you soberly understand the responsibility, mm-hmm. you realize in order for me to be successful, I have to go slow and stay low. Yes, sir. Those are the only two ways to success. I must go slow and I must stay low. Selah. Well, you gave you gave us another good transition, Torin. Um, you're really good at these transitions. I'm very proud of you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. We had this beautiful transition into ministry, uh, like the artistry and stuff. And now we have this beautiful transition into leadership. And it's something that you are transitioning into. Yeah. I, I want to say before you kind of elaborate for all of us what you feel God has called you to this next season. Um, I've been on the earth almost 50 years. So I've, I've just had the opportunity to see a lot, right? Mm-hmm. 48 years as a human being on earth and uh, close to 20 years as a believer. So um, I have watched many artists and worship leaders transition into planting churches. Mm -hmm. And most of them do it because they had a good run and then they're not selling or traveling or performing like they used to. And so they plant a church. But the planting of the church is kind of like their residency. (laughs) It's like their Vegas residency, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, hey, (laughs) not touring anymore. Yeah. But I got a a 10-year deal (laughs) in Vegas. Yeah. And I'm performing four nights a week, right? Yeah. Um, I've seen that. And... uh, I was telling Jordan, your friend, uh, that I have I have watched God now raise up a group of young men and young women that I'm like, this is not that, because mm-hmm. they could still be out there killing it. This is a call, mm-hmm. and so here's what I've before you say anything because we haven't talked about this at all. Mm-hmm. What I wh- here's my sense. Because I'm, I'm, I have my gifting is apostolic, right? So I just, I just see stuff. Mm-hmm. My sense is that God has used you and a, a, a few others that I know of. I'm sure it's more, but just with my own eyes and who I know individually, God is using you and a few others who, in 
one season, he used you to unlock their hearts through worship. So God allowed you to lead them. Mm-hmm. And then in a different season, he comes back to you and goes, now feed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You led them in worship. Now feed them mm-hmm. with my word. Yeah. And they already trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've already unlocked their heart. But now they're going to get another side of you that they didn't even know they needed. Right. They thought they needed your song. Mm-hmm. But they don't know they need your sermon. Yeah. That's what I sense. I'd like to do the residency thing. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good to me. What? You mean I got to get on that bus again? They ain't going to come through. (laughs) That is not the... That that residency, That is not what I expected. That is not what I expected. That was hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um... What I fell in love with at 16 mm-hmm. was not music. Mm. Mm. It was ministry. Mm-hmm. I was able to, went to a big public high school, mm-hmm. and I went from private school to public school in eighth grade. And downtown Battle Creek, thousands of kids, awesome, great experience. I would walk to the church after school on Wednesdays to set up the youth room for youth service. Then I would lead worship. I would invite my friends from high school to our church basement. I want, I want to scream Mm -hmm. so loud right Mm -hmm. now. What? And I got to be a part of creating a space for people to experience God. That that's all I care about doing. I don't I don't I'm I'm so grateful. I don't ever want to I feel like I'm in danger of this sometimes because people would almost literally kill to be in my position to travel and make music and do all these wonderful things that God has blessed me to do and I'm so grateful if I didn't do music I'd die. Yeah, understood. But what I feel called to do to create space for people to experience God far surpasses a set list or an arena. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even about preaching on Sunday for me. Yeah. My youth pastor at lunch in my junior and senior year of high school, I would go to his classroom because he worked at my high school on my lunch hour and we would go through John Maxwell books and I fell in love with leadership yeah and serving people yeah developing the leader within you developing the leader around you yeah, the leaders yeah, yeah. around you yeah it's good I fell in love with that yeah so planting the church that's been in my heart since I was 20 years old and read launch by Nelson Searcy wow which is a book about planting a church in a school cafeteria. Wow. And it's just been stirring in my heart all these years. 
and it just feels like the next natural phase of impact. Yeah. So, I I we've done eight gatherings at this point. Mm-hmm. I haven't sang a note. I'm my my art coaches and stuff. They'll be like, "Hey, um, are, is there singing at this?" I'm like, "No, we're gonna do the Cupid Shuffle." <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, but I'm like, no, this is not. This is not a fan club. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We want people to be transformed by the power of the preached word. It's good. Community. Yes. Worship experiences. Yep. Like I got to experience that rearrange everything inside of you. Yeah. So, no, things are going well as an artist. Yeah. People think I'm crazy. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And people will call my friends to, what is he <laughs> thinking? What is he doing? And their response is what you said. He just must be called to it. Has to be, absolutely correct. And that's what I feel, even in the moments when I don't want to do it. Absolutely correct, because there are those moments. I've been through this whole thing. You had old boy on the podcast. I was like, that is me. Remember, he was saying, in your younger years of ministry, it's, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, yep, yep, I'm yep, ready, yep. put me in, I'm ready, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is the indicator that you're absolutely not, not ready. ready. Wow. Facts. And then when it finally came around to this being a reality two years ago, I'm asking pastors, bro, I need you to really, do not stroke my ego. Do you see this in mm-hmm. me? Do you see this? Mm-hmm. I know the holy grail for church culture is being a swagged out pastor. Mm. I know the other side of it. Yes, I, sir. I watch my father-in-law be a pastor. Yeah. It's mostly pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh There's some goodness. beauty in it. Yeah. And it's mostly pain. Yep. I got to the point where I'm like, uh, are you sure, Lord? Right. Right. I had I had one pastor say, if you can do anything, anything else but pastor. Oh, absolutely correct. Oh, absolutely. I agree I said, with that. What do you mean? Oh, I, absolutely. I can do other stuff. He's like, that's not what I mean. Yep. I said, well, if you mean, can I sleep at night and can I live with myself for the rest of my life if I don't do this? No. Absolutely. That's the only reason why you should pastor ever. Yeah. Because that means God's call is there, which means his grace is there. Now. Talking as a lead pastor who did it for seven years and, and, and December 31st of 22 was my last day. When I woke up January 1st, when I tell you that grace was off of me, mm-hmm. you know the first thought I had to myself? I had two thoughts. The first one was, I cannot believe I did seven years of that. <laughs> when the grace came off of me and I thought about what God used me to do, I thought, I just did that? Mm-hmm. That was number one. Mm-hmm. Here's number two. Don't ever ask me to do that again. Encouraging, Tim. Encouraging. <laughs> no, no. And, and here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. And I mean go follow Jesus. What I mean is if the grace isn't on you to do it. That's right. You are volunteering to square up mm-hmm. with a principality 
and a demonic stronghold over a city yeah. without a mouthpiece in your mouth. Yep. And I'm not getting in the ring to squab against Tyson Fury right. without a mouthpiece in my mouth and gloves on. Right. If you don't have the grace on you, you are fighting Tyson Fury. He has two brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. You have no mouthpiece. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and you have weights in your gloves that you can't even lift to swing. You don't want to do this without the call of God on your life. Point blank, period. That's all that means. It's not to terrify. Right. It's not to scare. It, it, people should just not be going, you know what? We vacationed in Destin, Florida. Yeah. And we just thought, you know what? That's that, you know, there's a lot of growth happening there. My wife loved it there. We're gonna plan, we're gonna, we're gonna plant a church there. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get your butt kicked. Yeah, hundred percent. In beautiful Destin. Yeah. You're about to get boxed in the mouth. Yep. Right. Yeah. What's vacation for most people will be torture for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so, okay, so for example. Where are you planting this church? Austin, Texas. Where in Austin, Texas? North Austin. So Williamson County, which is like Cedar Park is where we'll be gathering. Okay. But we'll be serving Cedar Park, Leander, Liberty Hill, Round Rock, Georgetown, um, and the surrounding areas. So can we, ladies and gentlemen, already start praying Yes. for this movement, for this work? What's the name of the church? Church of Whitestone. Church of White Stone. I got to tell you about White Stone. You got to tell me about White Stone. White Stone Because I'm about to make up an Excalibur. <laughs> Bro. There's a sword in the <laughs> White Stone and only you can pull it out. So please give me context to this White Stone. So, been in my heart since 20 years old. Yep. 2015. So I went to Bible college and all of that. There's a whole thing. That's where I started my band. Yep. All that. Went through this whole thing about speaking, the enemy trying to steal. Mm. Just steal a dream, steal a gift. Work through all of that. Get to 2015. I went to my father-in-law's church as a youth intern. Eventually was the experienced pastor. So I oversaw everything from the parking lot to the prayer time. Nice. And this is while I was touring. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I... Learned from Mark Hall of Casting Crowns, who's a youth pastor at his church in Georgia. Mm-hmm. His entire Casting Crowns career. Casting Crowns, I know some of y'all may not know Casting Crowns. Some of y'all sleep on Casting Crowns. I, I know about Casting Okay, Casting Crowns is one of the biggest. You can compare their sales to Bruno Mars. Okay. One of the biggest artists, period. That's wild. Crazy. Okay. Wild. All of them on staff at a church the entire time. They did a chapel, basically, a tour church every show day. (laughs) Every show day, 5 o'clock before doors, we're getting together. Mark sharing a word. We're praying over every seat. Wow. In an arena. Wow. One of the things he said was, those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish goes on to say they bear fruit in every season that's the book you want to bear fruit you have to have roots yes sir planted in the house yes right not those houses all of my creative yeah you're a pastor worship (laughs) pastors writers 
they driving around town collecting checks from churches and they're not planted. You know how long that fruit's going to last? Not long. It, it's it, it's you only get what's off the tree. Right. You don't get the tree. <laughs> what? You only get what's off the tree. You do not get the tree. Because to have the tree, you got to be. You got to have the roots. You got to have the roots. You got to be planted. Absolutely. And you have to be hidden. That's right. People so, taking pictures of their fruit baskets. Huh? We taking pictures of fruit trees. Okay, that's my last one. I'm sorry, bro. That that I felt that thing. Bro. Sorry. I felt what? that thing. Cancel the car. <laughs> um, I'll drive back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm kind of serious. Um, Mark said, if you're gonna produce fruit in your life, you have to have roots. They orchestrate their tours to make sure that they are back at church on Sunday morning. Amen. To lead worship or just attend. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't miss the second part. That's that part. Absolutely. Or just attend. Yeah, they're not performers. You know how many red eye flights I've been on to show up at church? And I love my father-in-law because he'll shout me out because he knows what it took. That's right. That's he went right. through all this and he's here and he's he wanted the here. whole church to see. Absolutely. What's your excuse? Exactly. You just went to your son's game on Saturday. Right. And you too Get tired. Up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So that put in me from the beginning, I want to be invested in the local church no matter what happens in this world. Yep. And there have been well-meaning people who have pushed back against that. You know the business you could do. You know yeah. we could go do X, Y, Z. I am going, if it conflicts with me being on staff at my church, I can't do it. Yep. So that's always been in my heart. 2015, I'm on staff at my father-in-law's church, and I'm reading scripture, Revelation 2.17. Mm -hmm. To the one who overcomes, he will give a white stone with a name engraved on it that only they know. Go to it. I can't help it. You, ooh. Revelation 2.17. Lord have mercy. Okay, please. I'm I'm with you. I just needed to see it with my get, own get eyes. Get in there. I love it. <laughs> get in there. It also so talks funny. about manna, but I didn't want to do manna church. This <laughs> wasn't right. Oh my goodness. So I start writing down all these things about white stone. White stone with a name written on it that only they know. So there's a possibility that there is a name that we are known by in heaven that is not yet known to us. That perhaps there is a you you haven't met yet. And that our identity, who we really are, is intimately held in the hand of God. And we will not fully understand the breadth and the depth of who we are until we stand in his presence in eternity. I have never been so hyped about a name of a church. <laughs> it also means guiltless. Because when they would do trials and someone would be acquitted, so they were guilty. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. They would set a white stone at their door 
to let them know that the charges had been dropped. So it's the church of the guiltless. <laughs> so all of the things that you were talking about earlier with identity, man, that's what this whole thing is built around. So our adage is to help people discover their God-authored identity through wholehearted relationship with Jesus. So all that stuff that we have come to believe makes us us, only gives us clues to who we really are. So as we speak to all of the past hurts, the pain, the traumas, the confusion that people hold, all of the racial implications and the cultural implications and the political implications, those are all surface level things. But you have been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. We're evaluating surface level things. Yeah. We got to get down to the foundation. Absolutely. It's a stone. That's right. So fast forward 2021. We're driving through Cedar Park, Texas. Lorna and I have been praying about planting this church. When we left her father-in-law or my father-in-law's church, her dad's church to go to Lakewood where we served in ministry for 5 years. Mm-hmm. I told Pastor Drill from the beginning, we feel called to plant. And his whole thing was, until that time, you have space here. So he was in on this conversation. But we were driving through Cedar Park, Texas, North Austin, and we crossed Whitestone Boulevard. And I thought about Revelation 2.17. Now, I had already written down 10 other cities. Yep. We had already visited Boston. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to go to unchurched cities. Yeah, for sure. And we were like, man, Whitestone Boulevard. Well, then we drove up to Georgetown, and we were with Clayton, my wife's cousin. And I was like, seeing Whitestone Dentistry and Whitestone Veterinary Clinic and Whitestone Elementary. I'm like, Clayton, what is all the Whitestone language? Like, is this like Denton? Right. In Dallas? Right, like, right, right, right. Is this right. Umble in Houston? Right. What, what is this area? It's like, it's not geographic at all. It's because of this quarry. At that time, you can't make this up. Okay. At that time, we were driving past the quarry, and he said, from that quarry, they dig out all the Texas limestone. Texas limestone is called white stone. Get out of here. He said, Austin is built. On white stone. Built on what? Who God says we are. Identity. What is the number one city in America known for their identity? Austin. Keep Austin weird. The enemy has tried to erect a different identity Mm -hmm. upon the foundation. That God laid. Mm-hmm. And he brought you there to redeem it. Yes, sir. So we have people that have moved from all over the country and are giving their time 
their money, their skills, their gifts to helping us lift this thing off the ground. And uh, we start January 28th. 2024. 2024. Yep. If there's anybody in Austin, Texas. Come on. That is a dweller. Just come through. Just come through. If you've been out of church for a while, you need to come through. If you've given up on church, you need to come through. Now, I'll say this because I'm apostolic and it, I won't make it weird. Um, perhaps you've been going to a church and you're not growing anymore. You need to hear from the Lord. Um, but you should go visit. And sometimes when you visit a place and you get in the presence of God there, sometimes he'll speak. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't speak, go right back to your church. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm telling you the same thing Robert Morris told all of Gateway when he sent me to plant Embassy City. He said, many of you all love Tim. You love his preaching and you attend Gateway Church. And maybe you're called to go to uh, Embassy City, but maybe you won't know that unless you go over there. Can we Can we talk about that spirit? Oh, yeah. We can. <laughs> what? He said what? Yep. To 35,000 people. You know what I'm telling people? Don't come. (laughs) Well, that's what I would tell them, You know why? Yeah. Because I'm scared I'm about somebody (laughs) going to pull up on me. (laughs) Don't come here. Stay at your church. But what you're saying has so much validity. Yes, sir. Because sometimes you don't even realize you're in an atmosphere that no longer serves you. That's right. Not because it's bad. No, not because it's bad. But, like, it. listen... If if he is the shepherd, then all of our churches are pastures. Mm-hmm. We are pastoring pastures. Mm-hmm. And after the sheep have fed in this pasture, he leadeth me uh-huh. <laughs> into another yeah. green pasture. Yeah. And so you may have a season at a church that's a decade. You may have a season at a church that's 20 years. You may have a season at a church that's three. Mm-hmm. You may have a season at a church that's seven. You may have a season at a church that's 12. And then there's nothing else to pull out of that ground. Yeah. It doesn't mean something's wrong with the shepherd. Right. Or the ground. Right. Except you've gotten everything you could get from it. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, let me lead you to another one of my pastors. Yeah. So. Wow. White Stone is blessing me like it ain't nobody's business just i love to hear a name that's come from heaven that is supported by the word yeah that's how i got embassy city that's how uh bishop jace got potter's house that's how robert morris got gateway that's how preston morrison got pillar church wow all right the nerd in me I want to read. I want. To, I have a study Bible. I Come on. A, I have an NLT study Bible. Come on, get it out. And it actually says something about Whitestone that I just think is great. Um, uh, so two seventeen, Revelation two seventeen. It says a white stone was often given to victors at the games, and it was a common and it was common for the special banquets or festivities to use a white stone for admission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a ticket. It therefore suggests. Ex- <laughs> It therefore accepts. It, it therefore suggests acceptance and victory. The new name probably refers to the recipient's transformed nature in Christ. Woo. And the fact that there's a quarry there, it's crazy. Means that there's enough for everybody. That's right. Quarry's two thousand acres. Good and bad 
alike. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> yep. Lame, crippled, poor, blind, discontented. It don't matter. When, you, when you're near a quarry, what God is saying in the most obnoxious fashion mm-hmm. is I got enough to go around. Yep. Everybody's admitting. Wow. The only way you won't be accepted is to reject the rock. That's right. God, that thing preaches too many different ways. Well, come preach it. <laughs> we gonna make your list. We gonna make your list. You gonna see us. Listen, if you made it in my house, you you made the list. <laughs> Very good. Oh my God, bro! Thank you for coming. Dang. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. I just I, I want to pray for your church now. God, thank you so much for my brother, your son. Thank you for um, this unique calling that you've given him to Austin, to this city, uh, to these people. Um, God, you've already gone before him. You, you are before him. You are behind him. You are on the sides of him. You are in him. You are working through him. And God, you, you, only you know the impact that Church of the White Stone is going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, we do what we can and you do what you will. <laughs> so God, the preparation has gone forth. They've had these gatherings. There are people that, have feel, that feel called to help build this church and get it started. And, but God, you build churches. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And how much more clearer can you be that you build your church than it to be on top of a rock quarry? Mm -hmm. Upon this rock and upon this quarry, you will build your church. And I thank you for the grace that you have given Torin and his wife and his kids to pastor and shepherd Austin. They may not be everybody's, everybody might not, I want to say it this way, everybody may not attend Church of the Whitestone, but they will be Austin's pastors. Thank you, Lord God, for the commission, for the calling, for the grace, for the protection, for the boldness that you give them to proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Bro, thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, bro. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to come back. We just got to come back and talk about, I don't know what else you like. I don't know if you like fishing or like <laughs> no playing poker. Whatever you like doing, we just got to come back and talk about it. But after after the after, after the church comes and, and it's erected and, and it's, I know what it is to build a church from the mm-hmm. ground up. We we just I just I just got to hear how it's going. Yes, sir. So we'll pick it back up. Bro. You won't just hear it; you'll see it. I'll see it. I'm coming. <laughs> I got some free time, so come on. <laughs> I ain't got places to be all the time, so <laughs> I might pull up just on the 28th. Just come to on, be in, just to be in the house. You come know on. what I'm saying? So, man, thank you, thank yes, you for sir. sharing your story. Thank you for just giving us you. It's so refreshing, man. Thank you. So refreshing. Okay, I'm light. I feel light as a feather. 
Okay, y'all. Well, that's that's all we got for today. <laughs> that, Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's that's been Torin Wells, and I've been Tim Ross. Okay, bye. Press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh, yeah. So press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh,